you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. That's, you know, when you can't help it. You know, some of us, somebody pay your house off, you wouldn't sit still for a week. Lord of mercy, some of you, if someone just bought your dinner tonight, you wouldn't sit still. We, we react with emotion when we are overwhelmed with goodness, and that's okay. But there are times when the feelings aren't there to propel us to the heights And that's okay, too, because David didn't stop with, I will rejoice. But David said, and be glad. The word be glad or the terminology there represented just means I will get up. I will arise. You don't get up from high places. You don't rise from high places. You come up out of low places. David says, I know what it is to go to church when I can't help but dance. I danced in church. I danced down the aisle. I danced to my pew. I danced all through the song. I danced on the way out. I just feel good. But he said there's times when I didn't feel good and times when nothing was going right. But I chose through my will that I would not stay down, but I will get up from the place. Jesus, help me right now because somebody needs to get up. Somebody needs to do what you know to do despite what you feel like. Praise him anyway. Worship Him anyway. Give God glory anyway. I wish to God. We're not going to keep this going long, but I'm trying to give somebody to redeem this service to yourself right now and knock out of here with a heart that knows I gave Him everything I got despite how I walked through the door. I will get up. I will push up. I will push out. I refuse to stay down. I refuse to be bound. I refuse to be hindered. In Jesus' name. Ah. If one person would come out of that cave right now. It would make it all worth it. Woo! If one person would determine to walk out of this place different than you walked in, it would make everything this music team invested in this service worth every effort. But you got to will it. You got to choose it. You got to do it anyway. Come on, I'm wondering one more time. Would somebody lift your hands? Would somebody clap unto the Lord? Would somebody leap before Him? Would somebody shout unto God with a voice of triumph? 
in the name of Jesus, despite how you feel, despite what you're thinking, despite the junk in your mind, despite the fetters that are trying to hold you down, I will, I will, I will. First Corinthians, you may be seated. First Corinthians 4.15 tells us that we need to pray with understanding. You know what? I'll just be honest tonight. I've prayed some dumb prayers. I prayed some prayers that the angels looked at each other and said, you get this guy. Some of them said, well, he's an idiot, but the Lord loves him anyway. <laughs> the Lord knew what he was getting when he called me. Pray with understanding. We preach, pray, 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 and this is a praying church. This is a praying pastor and family. This is a praying congregation. You have praying leaders. You have praying young people. You have children that now can outpray adults. Thank God for praying churches. Thank God for praying, church. You don't get what we are experiencing tonight in dead, dry churches where the altars have been pushed out somewhere and are never used. This is the effect and the power of prayer. Amen. Thank God for praying churches, but the Bible says to pray with understanding. I thank God for those of us that are just pushing through the flesh to pray, but I've come to tell you that everything you attain in God, you will find that there are levels. And once we come to the place that prayer is a part of our life and prayer is uh, maybe even a routine. Prayer, prayer is part of our daily disciplines. Then we begin to understand that, that, that it's not just praying, but it's praying with understanding. Now, now, the awesome thing about that is that the Bible teaches us and makes us aware that if any man lack wisdom, he can pray, he can ask, and it will be given. And so when we know not how to pray, then the Bible says there is a spirit that will pray with us and through us. And so we, we ought not pray amiss or ignorantly. And, and, and so tonight, I, I want to come to us and talk to us for a few minutes here because I, I, I believe that as we pray, I think we, we need to understand some things that's going on in the spirit. Here's what I feel. I feel that many of us or many among us are suffering from the effects of Satan's attacks. Now, what I am going to pointedly try not to do is to glorify our adversary. I refuse to make this message about him. I refuse to exalt him in any possible way. But the reality is we have an adversary who is seeking our destruction. Amen? Anybody know I'm in the Word? 1 John 3 and 8 tells us, He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. Here's the portion that I want to draw my text and this message from. For this purpose. Everybody say that with me. For this purpose, for this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. My Lord in heaven, help us right now. Now, I'm not that bright. I'm not the brightest bulb in the pack tonight. 
Some of you are much more brilliant than myself, but I want to I impress upon somebody that there is somebody that is desperately needing something from God that if you could get the true impact of that one line that we have just read, it would set your life free. I'm not talking about a little... Holy Ghost giggle that makes you feel good for a few minutes. I'm talking about there is revelation in that passage, not because I chose to preach about it, but because it's the unadulterated Word of God. It is the Word of God that speaks to us emphatically tonight that says, for this purpose the Son of God was manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Now, let's just stop and take this for a moment of what it's saying. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested. Wow. When we consider John, who had perhaps the greatest understanding in the writing of his gospel of what was really going on, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. He goes down in several verses later. The Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. Wow. What an astounding understanding of God becoming flesh. Angels could not comprehend what was happening that these fleshly creatures that were made, that the God of all heaven who spoke the worlds into existence would robe himself in flesh and become one of them, living and dwelling among them. But the Bible tells us there was a purpose for the incarnation. Oh, God. God, help us tonight. It wasn't so that we could have a few holidays and celebrate Christmas and Easter and say he is the reason for the season. Let me tell you, the Bible says for this purpose was he made manifest. He showed up. My God in heaven, help me right now. He showed up, and I will go on to say he showed out because he had an agenda, because he had a purpose. He had a singular reason for coming, and the Bible says that he may destroy the works of the devil. Oh, Jesus, I wish to God somebody would allow that flickering in your soul right now to begin to ignite in a fire of revelation. For the Bible says that the Son of God came into this world, the virgin birth and everything that was necessary to produce all that we know about his coming was that he might destroy the works of the devil. What may you say are these works, John 10 and 10? tells us because we have a thief who has come to steal, kill, and destroy. We have a destructive adversary. He is seeking your destruction, my destruction, our destruction, this destruction of your home the destruction of your mind, the destruction of your sanity, the destruction of your thought life, the destruction of your affection, the destruction of your desires, the destruction of everything that is good and blessed about you. He will not be satisfied until it has been trampled under his filthy feet. He will not be satisfied until it has been made perverse. He will not be satisfied until you are destroyed and you are left a crumpled mess in his wake. He has come for no other reason into your life but to destroy you.
The Bible said he seeks to steal your hope, to steal your faith. He comes to steal your love, to steal your joy. I'm talking to people today that you haven't felt joy and you haven't felt love and you haven't felt peace and you haven't felt hope because there is a thief among us and I've come to point him out. I refuse to let him sit in this house among us. I've come to wage war against the enemy of your soul and rebuke him in the name of Jesus because of the power and the authority that it's been given. We take dominion right now in Jesus' name. Satan be rebuked. Hell be put back, pushed back, moved back in the name of the Lord. He has come to steal. Thieves are sneaky. Talking about that junk you've been tolerating, putting up with, justifying, making excuses for. You know, last time I preached here, March of last year, there are people here I don't know, people I ain't seen in over a year. I have no clue what's going on in your home and your life, and you have no idea what's happening in my, my, my life, but I know what the Spirit told me to come and do to let somebody know that there is a thief that is trying to destroy your life. And the Bible tells us, amen, that the church was told in Revelation, I have something against you. You have tolerated that spirit. You have allowed that thing to sit amongst you. You have allowed it to sit at your table. You have allowed it to listen in and be a part of your conversation. You have allowed it to be in your thoughts and contemplations. You have allowed it to be in your entertainment. You have allowed it to walk into your house unfettered, unbridled, unhindered, and you wonder why your life has gone to hell in a handbasket. I've come to tell you it's time to kick the thief out of your marriage. It's time to kick the thief out of your home. It's time to take authority and kick that thief out of your attitude in your thought life. It's time to take possession of what God gave to you. And I'm asking you, somebody wake up and realize uh, Jesus looked at the tears uh, that had been spread among the field and he said, a thief has done this. He has come to kill. Not every death is sudden. Not everyone dies of a gunshot of a 357. Sometimes it's slow strangulation. Sometimes it's just the cutting off. It's the slow death. And there is an enemy that has come to kill your peace. There's an enemy that has come to kill your life, to take your hope, to steal and to kill everything that is good. Ultimately, your destruction is his goal. The purpose and the unity of this church is the target of the adversary. Anything that causes you to feel like there's something wrong with the person beside you, the person across the aisle from you, anything that causes you to walk the other direction when they come walking up, it's not God. Anything that causes you to talk, <laughs> anything that causes you to listen to somebody talking, it ain't God. There's an enemy that wants to destroy. There's an enemy that wants to dismantle. There's an enemy that wants to creep in among us. Amen. And it was for this purpose that Christ was manifested among us. In other words, God showed up on the scene 
to create a revolution in our lives. Not just that moment on the cross or at the point of his burial or even at his resurrection, but every day since then until this, he came that he may destroy the works of the devil. Let me, let me say it like this. It is the will of God. Oh, Lord. We got people always super sensitive to the Spirit trying to find the will of God. I got news for you. It's not hard to find. It's usually found in the book. Problem with this is we want something else. You will never find what you think you want until you do what you already know to do. Oh, God has a ministry for me, but we can't do what God has already instructed us to do. Do what the pastors ask you to do. Do what the pastors challenged the church to do. Have you done that? Have you taught your Bible study yet? Have you began what is the beginning steps? You will find a greater ministry that will manifest once you've done what has already been made known. Then the invisible will become visible. But we look for the invisible because we don't like what is visible. Oh, Brother Jordan, I've come and messed everything up. The will of God is not hard. Let me tell you what the will of God is. It's to destroy the works of the devil. Some of us are looking to go to mission field, and you got a mission field right in this church. Destroy the works of the devil every time they pop up around you. You ain't going to do any good in Belize if you can't do any good in the pew. But when you begin to work for the harmony and the unity of the faith among your fellow believers, God will open up opportunity that open doors you can never make open on your own. God, the will of God, the will of God, the will of God is to destroy I'm looking for some people to arm themselves in the spirit and go looking for everywhere the devil's making a mess and say, not in my church, not in my home, not in my family, not in my city, not on my watch, because it's the will of God to destroy the work of the devil. What does that word destroy mean? Undo. Undo, loosen, dissolve, undo. You ever have someone, we got done painting a wall in our house. Got done painting a wall. I look down the wall a little later. There's a little blonde-headed feller sitting on the second row. It was a little smaller at that point in time. But he figured out if he sat on his back, laid on his back, and scooted his bottom up to the trim, he could plop those feet right on Dad's freshly painted wall. I'm painting this wall, and he's undoing that wall. What would happen if every time the devil, he thought he had got something accomplished in our life, They're undoing everything I just did. They're undoing everything. You know how to do that? Red hot prayer beatings. Praying with people you don't like. Because it's hard to be mean to someone that is praying with snot and tears flowing for your children and your babies and your household. And we pray together and we weep together and we rejoice together and we fall in love with each other and we undo the works of the devil. <laughs> Worship together, pray together. Undoing the works of the devil. It's the will of God. How 
are the works of the devil manifest? What Satan uses to kill, steal, and destroy, first I want to talk about oppression. Acts 10 and 38 says, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power. That's a good scripture for Pentecost Sunday. We talk about it, we sing about it, Holy Ghost and power. But listen what he did with the Holy Ghost and power. It's not enough to sing, I got the Holy Ghost. It's not enough to say, I've got the power. But when he was anointed with the Holy Ghost and power, he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Who were oppressed of the devil? For God was with him. Let me, let, me, let me talk about this for a moment. There were healings, and I'm not saying that every sickness, but there were healings that came about because the oppression of the devil was destroyed. Not, not every sickness is going to be cured with a pill. There are some things over which we are suffering that is because we are under the oppression of the devil. And we can go from doctor to doctor and they wring their hands and understand not what we're dealing with when we have allowed the enemy to come in that seeks to kill, steal, and destroy. And he has afflicted our minds, which affects our bodies, and we are suffering the affliction of the oppressed. Jesus went doing good. He healed them. Let me tell you something. It's time that we not just have a healing service for the body, but it's time we have some healing for the mind and the emotion and the spirit and the soul. It is possible, I believe, to be Holy Ghost filled, but suffering the oppressive nature of the devil. Pushed back, pushed back, pushed back, pushed back until we're weak, until we're feeble, until we're anemic. But it's time. Let me talk to you for a moment about the difference in authority and dominion. We have authority because it's been given to us. You can't take authority. You've been given authority. But dominion is what you take by the authority you've been given. And to sit on a pew and say, well, we got authority, doesn't suffice. If you've got authority, then you've got to go take dominion. It's time for the apostolic church in Frankfort, Indiana to say I'm tired of talking about the authority we've been given when my brother, my sister, my family is suffering the oppression of the enemy. I am going to take dominion by the authority that I've been given. In the name of Jesus, be set free. In the name of Jesus, come out of that place. In the name of Jesus, rise and be healed. In the name, in the name, in the name of the Lord. Now, whoa, 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 whoa. In the name of Jesus, the Holy Ghost is in this house right now. The Holy Ghost is moving. Somebody, you can spend big money trying to fix what you got with someone peering in your head. But if you take authority and use the authority to take dominion over the things in your mind tonight, you would walk out of here a different person. Explain something about how that works. Peter and John on their way to church come to the man who is wanting money. Silver and gold have we none, such as we have given to thee. We want healed sitting in our barca lounger. 
Oh, I'm healed. Ah. Peter reaches down to a man whose ankles didn't work. Tried to get up. I've been afflicted in my joints for a couple weeks now and was climbing up in Brother Jordan's big truck and had to get the angle right. I had to just deal with some things. And when you are afflicted in your joints, when you are weak, it's hard to get up. This man knew what he had. He knew that he had to be set there. He knew how difficult. And this stranger is saying, I ain't got any money, but I got something better. Get up. Cruel jerk. Get up. There comes a point of response ability that if we are going to be healed, we've got to respond to the word. At some point in this message, you are either going to walk out of here the same way you walked in or you're going to walk out of here delivered, dependent solely, not on my ability to preach, not on how loud and vocal I become, not how hard I preached until I sweat, but on your response, not to me. You may not even like me, but do you hear the word of God speaking Get up from where you are. Otherwise, you're going to die. Otherwise, you're going to die right where you are. But if you want to live, you got to try something that you haven't done for a while. And you got to get up. You got to get up. You got to, you don't know how long I've been down. You got to get up. You don't know how bad it hurts to get up. You got to get up. You can't sit here until you die. You gotta get up if you're gonna be healed. You gotta get up if you're gonna walk again. You gotta get up if you're gonna serve the purpose of the kingdom. You gotta get up. He healed him. Devil's going around oppressing people, and everywhere he goes, he looks behind him, and Jesus is like, You want healed? Get up. he do? He came to undo the works of the devil. 1 Thessalonians 2, 17 and 18 talks about the hindrance. Paul said, wherefore we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. Can I talk? Oh, God have mercy. I've already went Longer than I should. Can I talk to you anyway? Some of us have been beat up because we've been hindered. Well, if I was more of a man of faith, you know, these things wouldn't bother me. I wouldn't be hindered. If I was a woman of greater prayer, I wouldn't be hindered. You know, if I just fasted more, I wouldn't be hindered. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm preaching to the guilt-ridden. I'm preaching to the miserable tonight. You can't jump high enough. You can't run fast enough. You can't pray hard enough. May I remind you that Paul, who wrote most of the New Testament, who said, I've been in places and seen things you ain't never going to see till you get to the other side. Paul, who said, my resume is better than y'all, said, I would have been there, but I was Hindered by the devil. Satan hindered us. Mm, no. Because some of you thought you would be somewhere other than where you are right now. When you started this walk with God, you expected to be further along than where you are today. When God called you, you thought you would be further along than where you are right now. 
when God placed you and positioned you. You had dreams and ambitions and visions, and it was it, 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 wherever you are, it may look good and feel good to others, but you realize I have fallen short of the dream and the image that God has given me, and you feel like there's something wrong with your ministry or your walk with God because you are not where you thought you would be at this point. But can I tell you that Paul said, Paul said, I would have been somewhere else by now, but I was hindered. Who do you think you are? That if Paul could be hindered, that you and I may not be hindered. It's not an excuse to say I would be further along except Satan has hindered me. But it is an awakening and a recognition that I don't have to remain here and settle and sit back and say, well, I guess I'll just stay here. Paul may have been hindered, but he did not stay there forever. He recognized it's not my fault that I've been hindered at times and in places, but he kept moving forward at the first available opportunity. What I'm trying to do do right now is remind somebody that just because you've been hindered doesn't mean you have to stay where it got hard. Just because you were hindered doesn't mean you have to give up your dream. Just because you were hindered doesn't mean you have to give up your calling. Just because it got hard doesn't mean you have to quit. Realize you have an enemy. Realize there is a devil that's going to oppose you at every turn. But that's why I come to remind you this is why he was made manifest that he could undo the works of the devil when I'm stymied, when I'm stumped, when I'm hindered, when I'm halted. I've got one who has come to undo and dissolve the works of the devil. In other words, rejoice not against me, O oh mine enemies, for I may be down, but I'm not going to be down forever. I'm going to rise. I'm coming up out of this place. I'm going to give it another try. I will preach again. I will sing again. I will work again. This isn't how it ends. There are correlations made in the Bible. There are things that are eternally connected. The Bible tells us, Romans 12, 9 and 10, for the accuser of our brethren, accuser of our brethren, cast down, which accused them before God day and night. Wonder why Jesus was made manifest? Because there was a railing accuser come before the throne every day. There come a point where God got tired of it, said, I'm going to go become one of them so that they can become like me, but we're going to undo the works of the devil once and for all. Hallelujah. No greater place do we see this than in the act of accusation. For when he comes and says, but I know who they are, where they've been and what they've done, Jesus looks. Our heavenly Father looks. He sees the blood. He sees the sacrifice of Calvary. What sin? I don't see any sin. He sees baptism in the name of Jesus for the remission of sin. I don't see a past. There is no past. But the Bible tells us that our accuser, What does accusation feel like? It's shame. There's an epidemic of shame among our movement. We are seeing Holy Ghost filled, apostolic women live in shame. 
We are seeing men filled with the Spirit that are abdicating their godly role because of shame. If we are actively participating in things that bring shame, then stop what we're doing. Get to an altar. Repent. Get it under the blood. Let the cross of Calvary deal with it. But get up and stop hanging your head in shame. Stop walking around in shame. Stop hiding. Oh, because of shame. Well, everybody in the church knows what I've done, and so I got no reason to give God glory. You've got ever more the reason to give God glory because God knew what you were at your worst, and he loved you anyway. Let me put it this way. I refuse to demean the work of the cross by allowing my past to steal my praise. Everybody in the church knows the mistakes I made, but everybody in the church knows that we serve a resurrected Savior who is able to put everything you've ever done under his blood, his shed blood. Ha! Ah, and so you got every reason and right to, to come out of that place of darkness and shame and worship God, for he gets no greater praise. He gets no greater glory than when the redeemed, when the blood washed, when the saved give him glory. I'm going to go quickly here. Mark 4 and 14 tells us that the enemy uses destruction of God's word in our life. To bring about the death, the stolen element says, and these are they by the wayside. There are people in this house tonight or they by the wayside. Where the word of God was sown, but when they had heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh that word which is sown out of their hearts. Some of you already thinking about Applebee's when you need to be thinking about the victory that is at your doorstep. Some of you are already thinking about work tomorrow and the things you got to, you got to get done because the enemy has come and stolen the word out of your ears. He removes the word. The problem with that, the problem with that is the Bible says, faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So when he removes the word of God out of your heart, the Bible says it's impossible to please God without faith. Without faith, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Let me tell you something. Being able to receive the word of God into your heart and allow it to growing into faith is paramount to your salvation because without faith, it's impossible to please God. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. What I'm trying to prove to you, there is a purpose to the plan of Satan to pluck the word of God out of your heart. If he can steal the word, he steals your faith. If he steals your faith, he steals your salvation, and he damns you to his own hell. I'm trying to reach somebody tonight with the salvation of God's word. Last thing I want to talk about is lies. John 8 and 44 says, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father will you do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and bode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. What are the works of the devil? He is a liar. He is a liar. He is a liar and the father of them. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a father, he is a liar and the father of them. 
Everything that comes out of the devil is a lie. He is incapable of telling the truth. 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 Stop listening to the devil. He is a liar. Stop giving ear to the devil. He is a liar. He has come to seek, to kill, to destroy. He has come as a thief to steal, kill, and destroy. He is a liar and the father of them all. He is a liar. Not every lie is going to be bold. He deals in subtlety. Subtle serpents deceive. You give me just another minute here. Not everything is going to smack you in the face like driving your car into a billboard. Oh, I see. In your childhood, sometimes well-meaning, you were told things that were damaging in negativity and criticism. Can I just be honest? The Bible says we're born in sin, shaping in iniquity. You may have had the best parents in the world, the best family and the greatest support network. They may have been the most faithful people in the church, the greatest prayer warriors in the world. But it doesn't mean that everything that was inserted into our spirit through our years as we grew was absolutely the truth. Oh, Lord have mercy. We heard things, though they may have been well-meaning, they could be damaging. Popular culture has been programming us for a while now. Books, social media, oh God have mercy. We laugh. Some of you are living under a complex of comparison. You ain't happy with your husband anymore. You ain't happy with your wife. You ain't happy with your car or your house. You ain't happy with your life. Because all you can see is the airbrushed and staged life of those who are making a money and a living trying to impress. It's time for us to recognize the lies wherever they come from. So I'm just looking for good ideas. That's fine. I got no problem with that. But when we begin to compare what God has given to us with something that doesn't and will never belong to us. It becomes a lie from the pit of hell. Is this all right? Is this all right? There's junk you watch and stream into your house, whether it's Netflix or television or whatever, that is for no other reason but the propaganda of selling you on the lies of hell. I'm not saying that we got to turn every device off and become so primitive that looking through a photo album too fast becomes a moving picture, but I'm telling you, today that at some point we got to realize that everything we're ingesting is not our friend. We need a little bit of discernment. We need a little bit of Holy Ghost. We need a little bit of something that says, mm, that ain't right. It's trying to tell me something I don't need to hear. I got an enemy that'll take a fruit off a tree and say, ain't nothing wrong with this. You'll like it. Come on, try it. It's good, but it could send your soul to hell because it's a lie. My God in heaven, I don't care what side of the aisle you believe in, but if you think a politician is for you and on your side, you're crazy. 
I know some of you got some good relationships with people that serve in public capacity. That's great. I got some friends there too. But the reality is there is agenda in the realm and the world of politics where good people that are trying to make a difference will either capitulate or get pressed out because the political machine of this world is driven by the power and the spirit of this world. And I've come to tell you, it's not that I don't love my country, but the politicians and White House and the governmental centers are not my savior. I'm This world's not my home. The answer for me is not in Washington or in the state house, but the answer for me is we are just pilgrims passing through. At some point, we got to realize we need a little discernment in who we're listening to. Because the Bible says, the Bible says, the Bible says that the power of life and death. Oh, my goodness, did you hear that? The power of life and death is in the tongue. That's why we got to be careful what we listen to. That's why we got to have a filter that kicks out every lie. How do we know if it's a lie? Does it relate to the Word of God? Does it compare and comply to the Scripture? How will we know the Scripture if we don't hear and study? My friend, I've come to tell you that the enemy is seeking to destroy us because of a lack of knowledge. That's what the Bible says. My people's going to perish because of it. Sticking stones may break my bones, but words, words will never hurt me. Got news for you. They do hurt. They do hurt. We got a bunch of adults trying to live off junk they heard when they were a kid. Trying to work their way out of stuff they ingested as a child can't overcome stigmas and things. Be careful what you say to your kids. They'll believe you. Be careful how you say what you say to your kids because your tone will sometimes say more than your words. Words not only hurt, but they damage us. But I've come to remind you that we have hope. Because he was manifest. Do you see now why the utmost importance of our understanding should be for this reason, for this reason, for this reason was he manifest? To undo the works of the devil. Colossians 2 and 15, and I'm coming to a close. I'm reading from the Amplified, says, God disarmed the principalities and powers that were raged against us and made a bold display and a public example of them in triumphing over them in him, Christ Jesus, and in it, the church. Hang on. He disarmed the powers against us with a bold display and a public example. A couple things you need to know about what we're talking about. It's finished. He's not overcoming the world. He already overcome it. You ever follow a plow truck down the road? It's pushing the snow and you're the first car behind it. Some people think that's how they're living in Christ. He's just a few footsteps above you, ahead of you, trying to make something out of your mess. I got news for you. Before you were ever born, it was done. Before you were ever sick, you were healed. Before you were ever damaged, you you were restored. Oh, there's hope for somebody tonight because you're waiting for God to get busy and do for you what you need, and it's already been done, not privately but publicly, making a show of it. It is finished. 1 Corinthians 4, 14 and 15. What is it then? I will pray in the Spirit. I will pray with understanding also. I will sing the Spirit, and I will sing 
to understand and also it is time for us to pray against the influence that these efforts, the works of the devil, have had on us and ours that belong to us. I wish to God every parent in this church would become incensed and inflamed in anger. I am sick and tired of the influence you have had on me and thus on my children. You may have messed with my head, but my kids are going to know victory over this in Jesus' name. If you can't do it for yourself, would you do it for those babies? This is where it stops. There's some generational things that have been passed. Grandma and grandpa and mom and dad, and now we're struggling and we're wrestling with some things. But at some point, we need to understand for this purpose was he manifest to destroy, to destroy the works of the devil. Stand with me all over this house. If the Lord himself were to come and visit our homes tonight and do an <coughs> inventory of our mindsets, that's a, that's a big word right there. Look it up. The mindset under which you operate will dictate not only your future, but the future of generations after you. If he were to come and take inventory of your mindset, of your conversation, that's a big deal. Our actions and operations. Would he see the works of the cross active in the redemption of all of them? Or would he say, I destroyed the power of all of these things with which you're struggling? Saddest thing I've heard in jungles of some of the remote Asian countries were those whose prisons were so remote that the word of the war's ending had not reached them. Till years later, people who were just exploring the wilderness would come across prisons. They would find those who were behind bars sitting in a place of mere existence. Why are you here? I'm a prisoner of war. Have you not heard that war has long been over? You're not a prisoner. Your captors have been defeated. You could have walked out a long time ago. There are those of us today that are pushing the bars. I hate where I am. The Spirit is trying to come to you today and say, He won the victory over that a long time ago. Push. It'll open, I promise. Push. You, sir, you, you have an enemy that wants you to sit in that cell thinking you're still defeated. Push. You'll find that the gates fall down. For the Bible says the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. You can walk out of that place any time. Uh, yes, you can by the authority of Jesus' name. I wonder if there's anybody in this house that has been oppressed. Anybody in this house, amen, that has been lied to. Anybody in this house that you have been hindered. Anybody in this house that would like to walk out of where you are into a place of victory. Come on. These altars are open right now. I know God sent me to speak to somebody. I'm not coming to where you're at, but I'm inviting you. You got to get up. You got to rise and be healed. You got to get up from where you are and come. Come, come, come. Come on all over this house. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Come with the rest of them. Yes. 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 Yes
nothing is live and all. We all got something wrong with us. We all got something we need to pray about. We all got something we need help with. Somebody would put some 